Support for this podcast is provided by SHL. From talent acquisition through to talent management, SHL's science and technology maximise the potential of your greatest asset, your people. SHL help you create the diverse, agile and innovative workforce you need to succeed in an unpredictable environment. Their data-driven people insights, unmatched portfolio of products, engaging experiences built on science and global expert services are all delivered on one platform for all your people answers. Visit shl.com to learn more about how SHL can unlock the potential of your workforce. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 371 of the Recruiting Future podcast. 2021 has seen mind-blowing levels of investment in HR and talent acquisition technology. WorkTech, as it's now becoming known, is strategically critical to talent acquisition, and it's essential that leaders keep themselves up to date with the market. To help us all with this, I'm delighted to welcome George LaRocque back to the podcast. George is one of the leading analysts who track talent acquisition technology, and it was great to get this market update from him. Hi, George, and welcome back to the podcast. Matt, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. An absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. For the people who, who may be listening and, and hearing hearing your voice for the first time, uh, could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. Well, I'm George LaRocque, and I'm the uh, founder and analyst at, that uh, publishes under WorkTech is the, the brand, formerly HR Wins. And so what I what I do is I study the market, uh, work with employers and vendors to help them understand each other. I do research. I track all of the investment coming in. And I've been in the market for about 30 years. I spent 10 years as a practitioner in staffing and employer side recruitment and then HR, 10 years as a tech uh, vendor executive launching a few brands. And the last 10 have been in this um, consulting advisory and analyst space. Fantastic stuff. Now, we were just saying before I hit record, it was actually 2018 when you were last on the show. And yeah, that does seem like a whole kind of different era, basically. <laughs> the before times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm sure that many people listening will kind of have access to the to great information and uh, and resources that you, that you regularly share. And if they don't, I'm certainly going to recommend that they do. But perhaps for, for, for people who've not been sort of following the the, the HR tech market as, as closely as, um, as as you and me have, I thought it might be good just to sort of give people a kind of a bit of an update as to where things are in terms of investment in tech in the current sort of stage of, of the pandemic that we find ourselves in. What have you been seeing in the market? Well, it's um, it has been... Um you know, for many reasons, a crazy, you know, 18 to 20 months, right, uh, through this pandemic. And that's not just true for us as human beings struggling with the pandemic and um, what it's done to work, but it's it's been crazy from a venture capital, private equity, and 
merger and acquisition perspective as well. So that, but it's, you know, going back to the beginning of the pandemic, we would have thought, um, as I did, I expected there to be a, uh, a slowdown, a tapping of the brakes, given the economic impact that the pandemic would, was, you know, definitely going to have and ultimately did. But just the opposite happened. It's been, um, it's been amazing uh, to watch um, not just, a, you know, a, a record year um, in 2020, but uh, at over $5 billion, but then in the first half of this year uh, to then, um, you know, uh, basically exceed that uh, over $7 billion in um, work tech, HR tech um, investment globally, and to be racing toward um, $10 billion or more for the, for the balance of the year. It's unheard of. It's, we've never seen anything like this. And um, there are a lot of factors contributing to that, but that at a high level, um, it's just been jaw-dropping to watch the uh, the number of emerging technology players uh, emerge and the um, investor interest in this space. Absolutely. I mean, it is uh, definitely unprecedented stuff, as, as you say. And it would be interesting to, to, to maybe talk a little bit about some of the, the reasons you think might be behind it. Before we do, though... It's probably worth just spending a tiny bit of time talking about the move from HR technology to work tech, because obviously 18 months ago, we were talking about HR technology as a very broad term that looked at talent acquisition and L&D and payroll and core HR and talent management and all those kind of things. In the last few months, we seem to now be talking about work tech. What's going on with that sort of change of term? Well, for me, um, it's been a, um, a long transition. So if you um, go back to, uh, I mean, I, I moved HR wins to, uh, to work tech in, in January. And my, um, the, the tagline for my uh, site has always been uh, the business and technology of getting work done. And I think, you know, five years ago, that was very aspirational. And uh, the uh, but as, as technology has moved along and then external factors, uh, societal factors um, that impact HR, um, like, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity, the Me Too movement, you know, et cetera. And then um, uh, the pandemic and the spotlight that has been put on employee experience, candidate experience, uh, new models of approaching, um, you know, everything from the most mundane in like a, a payroll to the most um, to where we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, recruiting and talent acquisition and candidate experience. Um, it's uh, there's been a shift uh, and a lot of these categories are uh, two things are happening. One is they're folding in uh, to each other. So uh, in recruiting, we see a blending of learning and skills development that uh, contributes not just to external candidates, but internal mobility. Um, and then at the same time, the onus uh, is about uh, the, the work uh, and not necessarily about uh, the productivity gain back to the um, to the employer. Uh, so it's about the flow of work and uh, the balance of work and life and, and so forth. So I think there's there are, uh, there are 
different views as to why people are calling it work tech. For me, it's, um, I think, you know, HR holistically, including recruiting, is really at a place where there's a, a real um, opportunity to deliver on its promise. Um, and it's been a long time coming. So I think that's the shift for, for me. Absolutely. And thinking about some of the reasons related to that, why there's sort of such an explosion of investment at the moment, what, what are you, what are you kind of seeing, I suppose, particularly in the talent acquisition space, what's on trend and, and what's driving that? Well, you know, it's uh, it's a great question, um, and like many questions about trends right now, um, you know, the the it's important to note that um, <laughs> there's some there's some hackneyed phrases already, right? Like uh, COVID has accelerated, you know, many trends, but but it's very true, and uh, you know, none of the trends that are in play uh, today. Uh, were created by COVID. They were either accelerated or business issues, you know, challenges were illuminated by COVID. And, um, you know, employers and technology innovators have rushed in to, um, to uh, you know, to, to focus on these. So, you know, a great example is, you know, remote work. Uh, and the uh, displacement of the workforce. Now, you know, in, you know, pre-pandemic, um, you know, the, I did a global study uh, with employers and, you know, 55% were offering some form of distributed work. Uh, that's some form of distributed work, some from, from the least flexible version of it uh, through to the completely distributed workforce. And um, so that that was something that had been evolving over you know decades, um, as you know, uh, technology, the internet, and uh, you know, the world became more more flat, uh, and talent is located uh, every you know everywhere globally. Um, but this uh, pandemic really shifted that, and it caused you know from a talent acquisition perspective. Um, it put a great strain, not only dealing with recruiters now being fully remote, but also uh, looking at um, the need to source talent uh, from, you know, outside of your commutable range, um, given the, 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 the skills shortage that has also become amplified, you know, through this, this pandemic. Um, there's a uh, there's been a shift in, uh, you know, employee mindset, which is very real. Uh, the pandemic had put, you know, pushed from a knowledge worker perspective, everybody remotely from, um, from the rest of the workforce perspective. Um, you know, many were in a position where uh, they weren't working or they were on the front lines, you know, struggling with, with work. Um, and, uh, talent, you know, the, the, the cavalry was, was never showing up, uh, still hasn't shown up. It's very difficult to, uh, to staff in that, in that workforce. So there's, you know, this great uh, reckoning um, that's happening where individuals are, you know, candidates have more leverage in this market. So things like uh, learning and training and skills as part of, um, as, as part of what I'm offering um, is incredibly important along with benefits and more standard, you know, packages. So technology, um, you know, for example, uh, 
job boards or marketplaces that are uh, offering, you know, credentials or training or even full uh, educations that are um, that are funded by sponsors that are building their talent pool. This is a model that's that's emerging, you know, globally and happening more and more. Um, also, internal mobility and uh, the ability to show employees and candidates uh, a, not just a, a career path or a ladder to climb, but um, but you know the opportunity to move within an organization and um, and invest in their career from a skills perspective and, and learning. Uh, or it, it may be uh, the focus on work-life balance and wellness. Um, you know, not every employee is interested in uh, expanding their skills, but all of these things have uh, changed the dynamics from a, a talent acquisition perspective, from a recruitment marketing perspective, sourcing perspective, um, and put a lot of strain on the organization. And then you know, the last thing I would add is, you know, there were several trends that we've been talking about. I know you talk about them, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, ongoing around automation, um, conversational um, technology, uh, automating the transactional part of the process, whether it's screening or assessment or scheduling to put the recruiter in a more uh, strategic role and have the ability to handle more of the high volume and more of the transactional volume in a knowledge worker environment um, and and let the recruiters really engage with uh, candidates and hiring managers and being more um, strategic. The, the, again, the pandemic did not create that trend, but it certainly drove an incredible amount of adoption and new spending um, and investment as well uh, in that category. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com pod and take the stress out of finding workers. One of the things that we've been seeing, or, or seemingly you might be better, sort of better equipped to comment on it than me, but one of the things that I think I'm seeing in the market at the moment is more acquisitions and mergers going on as the sort of the larger, better funded companies are sort of uh, gobbling up some of the, the smaller specialists. Is that the case or is that just my perception? And if it is the case, do you think that is something that's sort of set to sort of continue over the next couple of years? It, it's, it's certainly the case. The, um, you know, the, uh, 
the, the, there are a couple of, uh, along with the pandemic and existing trends, another thing that's impacting both the, the flow of capital from an investment perspective, as well as um, an acquisition perspective is, uh, you know, uh, what's the best way to put it? Money is cheap right now. So, uh, uh, you know, the uh, interest rates are low and uh, Mercer had a line in one of their reports that they put out that said, you know, dry powder meets low interest rates. So, you know, meaning there were cash stockpiles uh, that many investors and corporations um, had and then the ability also the ability to borrow um, uh, you know, it, you know, interest rates are low. So it's created this, um, this incredible frenzy in the market where, uh, whether it's private equity, um, or whether it's, um, individual, um, companies making acquisitions in the space, you know, and, and driving mergers and roll-ups and so forth. Uh, so yeah, that, that's happening. And there've been, you know, just, um, you know, in talent acquisition, you know, smart recruiters has made um, uh, acquisitions. Um, Pandalogic in the programmatic space uh, acquired Wade and Wendy, and then you know, almost immediately, then Pandalogic was acquired by a large uh, tech vendor coming from outside the space looking to get into talent acquisition and HCM. Um, we had um, Paradox, a conversational AI vendor. Um, uh, acquire Tradeify, an assessment vendor recently. And these deals are happening, you know, there are multiple acquisitions or mergers happening weekly. And it will continue to happen because the, you know, thinking about that pace of innovation and change, tr you know, transformation is the buzzword that's happening. Uh, you know, technically, um, larger vendors will fill the gaps in their product roadmap or their product suite by making acquisitions. Um, emerging vendors or scale-ups like a paradox will extend their capabilities by making acquisitions and uh, or move into new markets um, by, by making acquisitions or into a new market segment. And that's not going to change anytime really soon. But at the same time, it's, it's, I don't really see it as a market consolidation. There may be a market share be, that's being consolidated, but there is a rush of new tech vendors filling the gaps, you know, the spaces left by those that have been acquired. Uh, so it's really quite interesting right now. I think that kind of brings us nicely on to my next question. So you've just launched a new initiative sort of around this space. Um, tell us about it. Well, it's called Impact Work Tech, um, and it is an accelerator. So uh, it's it's really the culmination of uh, everything that I've always done, right? I've worked across a few constituencies. Uh, the uh, the, the leaders and practitioners in talent acquisition and HR, the um, uh, tech providers that are, uh, you know, providing technology to them, uh, and then uh, investors, as I've uh, tracked all of the uh, VC coming into the space and help them make sense of uh, the emerging tech players. And for the most part, this has all been done in sort of like three streams through advisory, and, and I'll continue to do that. 
But um, as I was talking to a longtime friend of mine, Gareth Jones, the CEO at Head Start, over the years we've worked together. He's done you know advisory work and um, also worked with investors and others in the space. Um, and uh, you know that the question became you know I was looking at um, doing some new things with the startup community, and the question became well all of these components are here. Um, we should be pulling them together, and why don't you put together an accelerator? So, with with Gareth as my uh, partner in this, we've we've built Impact WorkTech, and it is um, yeah, we're looking at um, companies that uh, you know startups from early stage through to a round uh, that are doing uh, new and innovative things to have an impact on work. And uh, we're pulling together those three constituencies. So we've got the cohort of startups and tech providers. We've got mentors who are operators and um, leaders and practitioners or what the ven- what vendors would consider buyers of a- HR and, and talent acquisition technology um, that, uh, that are contributing their knowledge to, into this cohort to make them you know, the best that they can be. And then we've got a community of in, investors who are focused on this space. And our, our mission is really focused on impact around um, and filling the education gap uh, for vendors that are coming up in this space. So there's a, um, there's a lot about uh, talent acquisition and HR that's, that's nuanced um, and uh, different than, say, a generic B2B or a consumer product. And that's a gap that we would fill, you know, with advisory services. But in this case, it's more of an educational experience um, and, uh, and uh, uh, to, to, to really accelerate their learning curve, not just the, the launch of the product or their launch to funding, um, but really um, help them understand the customers that they're serving and the needs that they have. So long-winded there, but that's that's what we're all about. Absolutely. And I think that's a fantastic initiative because I think that there can be that knowledge gap. I've seen people launch some fantastic products in the in our space, but not been able to really communicate the benefits of them um, in the way that an HR or talent acquisition audience could could understand. And um, I've always felt that that's a real shame that a lot of uh, really sort of great technologies and solutions perhaps don't get the, the penetration into the market they deserve because of that knowledge gap. So yeah, no, fantastic to hear that, that you and Gareth are working together to, to solve that. Yeah, and we've got, you know, we're about to announce our mentor, so I'll hold back on that, but we've got about 20 mentors um, um, that are, uh, I'm really excited about the the uh, diverse backgrounds and the diversity we've been able to put together, and we're we're just I, it's a it's a group of people um, that are really focused on giving back to the industry. So we have folks that have um, you know that are operating in the market today as CEOs and and you know C level and founder executives um, and some that have exited so they've been down that through that path and journey um, and uh, it, I you know everybody's focused on you know giving back to this industry and helping the next wave of technology as it as it emerges. So as a final question, lots of talent acquisition leaders who are listening to the podcast, this is a sort of a very confusing area at the moment with so much investment going into technology and so much money being spent on, on marketing and also perhaps some valid concerns around companies being acquired and useful products being sunsetted. 
What would your advice to employers be at the moment in terms of how they should be thinking about work tech and how they should be sort of shaping their strategies? Well, I think there's a um, there's going to be a renaissance for uh, for these um, these leaders, these 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 buyers of HR technology. Um, and that renaissance is going to be, you know, back in the, um, you know, early 2000s when I was bringing, you know, emerging technology to market. We had to spend a lot of time talking about um, our financials, our financial stability. The, the whole HR tech startup thing was fairly new at that point. Um, that that really slipped away. I think the appetite uh, for risk with startups uh, increased uh, it became very, very, you know, normal. But this, this is um, this is an environment where the pace is so quick and the success rate for startups um, is so low. And then, to your point, there's this um, this feeding frenzy from a merger and acquisition perspective. Um, I think buyers need to um, uh, bring in their partners from finance or and, and purchasing to really look at. The the really evaluate based on what they're buying, right? If they're if they're investing in an app to help them source, they may have a threshold that's a little higher when it comes to risk. Risk the risk that they'll take with a startup that's doing something really innovative in that in that space versus let's say the platform that they're going to run all of their recruiting process through. They might want to have a vendor who's innovative, they might be looking at more of a, of a scale up and want more of a financial profile or a even for a startup that's well funded and looking at things like their their spend rate, their burn rate, um, their, uh, you know, their roadmap, their the profile of the investors that they do have um, so that they, they have an assurance of longevity or sustainability. When it comes to existing, you know, vendors and, um, you know, acquisitions happen, right? And normally one of the things that an acquiring company is acquiring is a customer base. So at that point, as a customer, you do have some leverage with the new entity um, to ensure that your needs are met on a long-term basis. And so at the point where you're made aware of an acquisition, when it becomes visible to you, that's where I would be digging in to see, you know, do, do I have leverage in this situation? What will be the future of the product? Um, and uh, how will my world change? It's a question I ask every CEO um, on both sides when there's an acquisition. And there's normally a path that involves retaining those customers. <laughs> so, um, there, again, there is some leverage and it's a, it, it, it may be a point where you need to um, consider uh, making a change, or it may be a point where the value of the product you're using may increase. So I, I think, you know, that that renaissance of going back and looking not just at the features and functions um, of the technology, but the profile of the partner that you're choosing um, is is going to become um, even more critical in the next couple of years. And as a final point, where can people find you and how can they connect with you? Um, you can find me at uh, oneworktech.com. And whether you use the number one or spell it out, you'll get to the same place. Uh, and from there, you'll find links to the accelerator um, and um, the ability to connect with me socially. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. 
um, and uh, just about everywhere you might want to connect. And I'm, I'm happy to connect with uh, anyone who's interested in the space. George, thank you very much for joining me. Matt, thanks for having me. My thanks to George LaRocque. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.